When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. I do think it's a matter of like looking at your lifestyle and even seeing if it's worth it. But I actually think it's a fun kitchen thing to do. I think for kids, there are fun lessons there to understand the seasonality of food, to understand that you can preserve food. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. This is Stacy and Megan with our last episode of the summer season. It's so funny to me that you said Stacy and Megan, but you're Megan. I expected you to say this is Megan and Stacy, so I got confused. Okay, wait. Okay, no. Should I do it again? I love it. I love you. All right, you guys. Can you tell we have the summer sillies? Next week, we are getting back to easy weeknight meals, school lunches, after school snacks, and all of that, because we know that so many of you are headed back to school. Today, though, we're savoring the last bits of summer by talking about summer preserving. Before we get into it, though, a reminder that even more ideas, recipes, and product recommendations are in our Didn't I Just Feed You community. Anyone can join with just an email. Just saying. This summer, we changed up our community membership options, you guys. Have you noticed? Did you look? We offer more choices at more affordable prices, and we'd love to have all of you who are able join us as supporting members too. We've got some new member benefits, including access to Did I Just Feed You recipes. And guys, we add a recipe a week to the archive and those two bonus episodes every single month. To learn more, go to didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Okay, Stacey, let's talk about what we mean when we say summer preserving first, because I don't think this is like a canning episode, right? It's like easy summer preserving. (laughs) Yes. I feel like canning is actually not that hard, but it is time consuming. And I feel like in my experience, I haven't done it a whole lot, but to make it feel really worth it. I know that there are people who do small batch canning and actually that is pretty easy, but I like, if I'm going to can, I'm like, let me do it. Let me get crates of tomatoes (laughs) or, you know, make a ton of jam and preserve it so that I have a whole bunch in my pantry. And then it becomes a bit of a production. Yes. Yes. Right. So we'll just talk about how to preserve summer goodness without that whole big production. Although I will say that I did pull a link that I really love. One of my favorite sites that deals with preserving is called Food in Jars. It's been around forever. And Marissa has several cookbooks that I love that I have, but she has a canning 101 archive where she literally lists all the posts she's written over the years. Like what about pectin? And then there'll be a whole bunch of posts. So it's, it's the whole thing. So if you do want to can, I think that's a great place to start and we'll help you jumpstart with that. But Yes. We won't talk about the process today, right? I want to just, before we move on from canning, which we're not discussing today. <laughs> <laughs> we're so, 
we're not discussing this thing that we're, we're discussing, discussing for the next five minutes. <laughs> I love Marissa's books and she does have a book called Small Batch Canning. And they, I think she has two books on specifically on food in jars. And I think they're the kind of books because they've been out for a while. You could very easily borrow them yeah. from your library too. Books, if you all four books. Oh my God. Yeah. Are they all canning? I don't know why. I yeah. I think one is like food. food in jar kitchen. Yeah. So it's recipes, more recipes using the stuff that she cans and jars. But yes, I love her. I love her as well. But the thing I think is interesting about canning that I don't think a lot of enough people talk about is like, if you can stuff, you also have to have cupboard storage, yes. pantry storage, temperature controlled storage to store all of that. Yeah, totally. So it's a nice ideal, but it doesn't work for everyone, including someone like you, who you live in the city Correct. and you don't necessarily have this larder that you can load up with all your pickles and peaches and whatnot. Correct. I also think it's a lifestyle thing. You know, for me, as someone who's a recipe developer, someone who has access to a whole lot of foods, which the whole idea of canning is so that you take what you've harvested and you have food for the winter because food is more scarce. You know, I have found sometimes that when I have canned things, then I have to store them somewhere out of my kitchen because my kitchen's too small. Then I forget about it. Then I don't use it. You know, it just like, I do think it's a matter of like looking at your lifestyle and even seeing if it's worth it. But I actually think it's a fun kitchen thing to do. I think for kids, there are fun lessons there to understand the seasonality of food, to understand that you can preserve food, to talk about how, you know, you might even want to pull some kids books about canning or I don't know. I just feel like when I was young and I was really into Little House on the Prairie, like if my mom had canned with me, I would have been really excited. Like that would have been like a fun way to spend an afternoon with her. So I don't know. I feel like it might be worth it to do okay. once as an experience, especially if you have kids who are kind of interested and willing. Fair. I'm glad you expounded on that because initially when you're like, maybe get some of the kids involved, get the kids book. I was like, oh my God, no. <laughs> no. That's hilarious. <laughs> I actually feel like Oliver would be into the idea for a minute. Yeah, I would make pickles with Ella because Ella loves pickles. Yeah. So she'd be super excited. And that's like, seems safer than like jam, yes. which hot sugar can totally. be very dangerous, splattery, hurtful. I'm not trying to discourage anyone from doing it. But I definitely get the urge at least once a summer to can yeah, stuff, right? pickle stuff. Yeah. Okay. Which, so how do we scratch that itch without a whole canning process? Is there a way? I got, I got excited about pickles because pickles can be canned, right? Like you can make a pickle brine, put your vegetables in it, and then can those pickles to preserve them long-term. But also if you just have like some cherry tomatoes from the garden that are sitting around and you're or like maybe they're even starting to get shriveled and you're like shoot I'm not going to get to these pickle them and then they can be fresh pickles that live in your refrigerator and they stay longer in there than they would fresh what other vegetables do you pickle in the summer is that like three months two three months quick pickles is my rule of thumb what's yours yeah I think that the food pre preservation people of the world would say a month for fresh pickles that you're like not canning, even if they're in your fridge. But that's like one of those things where it's like, yeah, 
at, at two, like if they've been in there for longer and they don't have any visible mold, they don't smell off, they're generally safe to eat. Yeah, I've definitely seen two months as a rule. Like, I don't think it's unsafe, but that would be before you open it. Yes. So it's different once you open them than yes. it's like a regular jar of pickles. You talked about jam feeling a little bit more dangerous if you have little ones. I like freezer jam too. And then you don't like, there's no cooking jams where you're just chopping or slightly crushing raw fruit and combining with sugar and pectin. And then you can put that in a jar again for a shorter amount of time, because if you're not going through the whole canning process where you're vacuum sealing the jar, it's not technically canned, but it will keep for a longer time. Or you can freeze a no cook jam, which I love too. Okay. Real quick. No cook jams can include what, like chia seed jams, like whether you're doing raspberries and strawberries and a little bit of chia seed to thicken them. But how else do you make no cook jams? Just sugar and lemon juice? And pectin. Maceration? And pectin. And pectin. Yeah. Okay. Just a little bit of pectin. Also, this is reminding me that a couple of summers ago, Ella discovered a recipe for microwave jam. Ooh. Which is like the same idea as these sort of like low cook, no cook jams. So it's just sugar and lemon juice that you cook in the microwave in like a large bowl until it sort of cooks down. And then it does have like a week long shelf life in the fridge. Like you want to use it up pretty quickly. But that was fun for her and fun for us and would be a great way to use up berries. Yeah, for sure. And like a freezer jam that just has a little pectin and sugar and fruit, like that's crushing. If you have a kid who's just starting to chop or maybe a tween who you feel comfortable chopping, chopping is really fun. Get out that like aggression. (laughs) (laughs) Smash it up. You can even give them a a mortar and pestle to do it, which would be really fun. So can we take a step back? So we, I know we have to also get back to pickles. We didn't talk to them about them enough. And you asked me what else I pickle besides cucumbers. But can we just take a step back really quick and talk about some categories of preserving? Yes. And then get into some specifics. So I'm thinking quick pickles is a category. Freezer jams or jams of all kind, because you can always just make jam however you want to make it, whether it's in the microwave properly, the freezer jam that I just was talking through or no cook jam. And then you can put that in the freezer to store it. Yeah. Then there's Wait, just... Can we just say freezer yes. overall? Right. Yeah. That's exactly where I was going to go next. Like freezer. Then, okay. So the categories are a little funky. They're not like very consistent because syrups I'm thinking of as a category, which is different than freezer, but making syrups that you then can store in the fridge without canning them also Mm -hmm. for like a couple of months. That's a really great way too, right? Yep. Butters, compound butters. I'm co-signing it, co-signing butters. That's what I got. What do you have any additional? The other thing, which I won't have like a ton, there's not a ton of things, especially if you don't have a dehydrator, but I think drying is an interesting preserving technique that's not canning that we should talk about too. Okay. Okay. All right. So You asked me what else I pickle besides cucumbers. And I want to talk about that really quickly, even though we talked about the method, which is the main point here. But wait, did we talk about the method? Like what is in a pickle, Brian? Is that helpful to know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
So the basic of a brine is water, vinegar, salt, sugar, and that can be it. But then if you want to flavor it up, you can add a bay leaf. You can add whole peppercorns. You can add a whole, I was thinking cardamom pod, but that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of it's like, like a peppercorn, allspice berries. What's the other I mean, one? Almost any kind of dried. Yes. Uh, I almost said dry fruit. I guess you could add dry fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually pickled, quick pickled golden raisins, which are yeah. dried fruit. And they oh, are delicious. Okay, but that's not summer specific. Yes, but any kind of dried spice, fresh herbs, garlic. Garlic. Onions. Yes. Those all can be added to brines to flavor them. And can I tell you that pickled garlic is one of my, oh, even little like hot peppers too. Yes. You want to make something spicy. But pickled garlic is one of my favorite secret power ingredients. How have we never talked about it before? I don't know, but I'm obsessed with it because especially in the summer for really great like peak season vegetables, one of my favorites is um, those little fairy tale eggplant. Mm-hmm. Just cutting them in half and searing them on both sides and then adding a little fish sauce, a little sliced pickled garlic, and then a little bit of the brine. And it's so good. It's like you get that basic garlic flavor profile, but then with a little something extra. So I love having quick pickled garlic around. I think it's great. I do feel like pickling makes garlic a little less pungent, yeah. too, which is really nice. Like if you have sensitive kids who are sensitive to garlic or you have a sensitive belly, can be a, a nice way to eat it. And like you said, it makes garlic flavorful with minimal cooking yes. too. So I would even put it in a salad fresh, like corn and a bunch of herbs right now would be so good. Totally. So I pickle garlic, I pickle cucumbers, I pickle radishes, I've pickled carrots, I've pickled celery. Watermelon rind. Oh, yes. Yeah, which people find weird that you would, but it's because you peel off the green part. Yeah. It's really just this like crunchy pickle. It almost it has no watermelon flavor to it really. It's just a nice vehicle for the pickle flavor. So is it like oh daikon has a strong flavor. Yeah. yeah. Hickama is it something like that where it's just yeah, like it a blank crunchy yes. yes. Right. Okay. All the flavor. I love that. I've never pickled hickama. It makes me wonder if I, I know. can and should, but that's not summer specific either. Yeah. You said carrots um, and cherry tomatoes. Corn is another thing that you can Delicious. do a quick pickle and then like turn into a salsa or add to salads and it's yeah. so yummy. Peaches. In yes. the South, you see pickled peaches a lot and they're very delicious. They're definitely more on the savory than the sweet side. Great with like grilled pork. Yummy. Yes. I've also, I pickled blueberries once. It was Ooh. interesting. I feel like when you say it was interesting, <laughs> I feel like you just do it. Oh, that was I the review. Do it again. That was the review. Like <laughs> it was interesting. We all know that means you won't. But it was fun, and I guess like I share that to say it's a really quick, easy process. And if you have an extra pint of some fruit that's about to turn, you could just take you know fifteen minutes and pickle it and see what happens. Especially if your kid likes pickle flavor, which it's funny. A lot of little kids do. It's that like puckery thing. It's like the way little kids like to suck on lemons sometimes. Yeah. So if you're having a hard time getting them to eat some 
food, some produce, maybe try pickling it and just see what happens. It just gives them a new experience and a kind of an expansive view on how this food that they have an association with that they don't like can be used. Kind of a fun experiment. It's really fun. I would not be a good Southerner? Did I even count as a Southerner? If I didn't say also pickled okra. Yeah. Pickled jalapenos. Pickled red onions. Those are not summer specific, but I am trying to think of like, what is coming out of everyone's gardens? Yes, totally. Also, speaking of gardens, I'm going to throw this in the pickle category, even though it's kind of not, which is hot sauce. You can make your own hot sauce if you have prolific pepper plants and... Um, you don't know how to use them up. You can like sort of pickle them or ferment them at room temperature and then puree, puree them into hot sauce. So good. Okay, so let's move on. Can we talk about summer herbs? Because that's yeah. another thing that's really easy. They're abundant right now. It's really easy to get too much. It goes bad quickly but also so easy to preserve. So this is like low hanging fruit when it comes to summer preserving. And there are so many ways to preserve summer herbs. So my favorite is just to freeze them in oil. And then you have these oil cubes that you can just pop out and throw in the pan. And as it melts, you get the oil that you would start with normally, and then some delicious fresh herbs in there. But you can also make pestos and all different kinds of pestos. Don't get just stuck in a basil pesto, but using that concept of pesto where you take a bunch of fresh herbs, a nut, if you eat nuts, you can also use seeds like pepitas and grind it up, add oil, add some garlic if you want, or some other aromatics to give it some flavor. You can add cheese, but you really don't have to you know, if you're vegan or you just don't want to add the cheese. So I think that's great. We talked about compound butters at the top of the episode. That's another way. I want to jump off your oil, freezing oil suggestion and say that if for whatever reason you like to add herbs, like maybe at the end of cooking, maybe you have a picky eater, doing cubes where it's broth and the herbs is also a nice way to add herbs as a finisher to your dish too. When you say pesto, I think... I like that as a combo. I just want to say, it's one thing if you're avoiding picky eaters, but I just want to give a general cooking tip that you and I always like to reinforce here, which is flavoring in layers. So if you don't need to avoid herbs, I think the broth is genius for when you do, because so many family home cooks have to. But adding the oil and herbs and then finishing with the ones with broth so that you have some cooked herb and some fresh herb flavor too. Now you've got layers. Twenty twenty four is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinner time overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter Butcherbox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At Butcherbox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of one hundred percent grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free, and wild caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. 
Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As a resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures, or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Okay, you said pesto... And I, I think this was implied, but like you make a big batch of pesto, whether it's basil or herb or whatever, and you probably use some fresh, but then you can also freeze that yes, too. Totally. Yes. 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 Okay. And then the one method that you didn't mention, and this might be the only contribution I have to drying as a preservation method, <laughs> yeah. if you don't have a dehydrator, which yeah. is you can dry herbs, many of them in the microwave. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You like paper towel wrap them and cook them on low power and it dries them out. So then you can have dried herbs without like hanging and letting them dry for a super long time. That's it. That's all the drying. That's genius. I had no idea about that. And then there's also like, we mentioned syrups and I was thinking fruit, but then there's other infusions that you can do with herbs. Like you can infuse honey or vinegar or oil too. You don't have to freeze the herbs and oil. You could just infuse things and then honey, oil, vinegar lasts a long time. So it's just a way of using them up. It's different than actually preserving the herb itself to use later, but it's making use of the abundance of summer herbs in a way 
that really like helps your cooking and gives it a little bit of boost all year long. I think it still counts. And that also made me think herb sugars and salts are really good. And I don't think they get enough hype as like a preserving method, right? Like if you, if you season or add like a bunch of thyme to salt and let it dry out in there and then sort of like crackle it in there, that still counts as preserving. Totally. um, keeps for a really long time. Like you could do it now and give it as gifts at the holidays. Love that. Those are kind of the big methods, but should we get specific about two like key summer vegetables? I'm thinking tomatoes and corn, but maybe you have other ideas. I do want to talk through jams yeah. one more time, like right. freezer jams one more time. Cause we kind of jumped around at the beginning okay. here and I want to make sure that we talk about the freeze, freezer jams in particular, because I think that if you are like, you are overwhelmed with a lot of fruit at this time of year and you don't have the time to can anything, you can do like big batches of freezer jam. When you make freezer jam, do you get like the specific freezer jam jars that are plastic and they're like a little bit easier to use in the freezer or do you use regular jars? Do you ever freeze your jam in like zip top bags, flat style? Zip top bags all the way. Yes. Yes. And like you're freezing them flat yep. so you can file them or stack them on top of totally. each other. Stack them. Okay. I love it. How about you? In theory, I really like the plastic containers that you can buy that are specific for freezing jam. Like Ball makes one. But usually if I'm making freezer jam, I'm like, oh, I have to use up these strawberries. And so I'm not that prepared. So I will just do smaller jars or you could use a product like a super cube, like a silicone mold and do small batches of the jam that way. Super cubes would be awesome for that. I agree. Yes. They'd be awesome for a lot of the things that we talked about too, like the um, freezing herbs and broth and olive oil, anything that you want to preserve in a cube, some tomato solutions that we're going to mention. So that's genius. I'm really glad that you brought them up. I feel like we didn't also discuss the the fact that in the, we talked about freezing herbs, we talked about freezing jam, but like so many summer produce can be frozen. Like that's my go-to summer. Me too. Preservation. You can throw tomatoes, whole tomatoes yeah. in the freezer. Yeah, cherries. I'll pit a whole bunch of sour cherries because I love sour cherries. I'll pit a whole bunch something Oliver used to love to do when he was little. So get those like super active kids who just want to like punch through things, <laughs> do stuff <laughs> like that and get them in the kitchen and then just pop them in a Ziploc bag and lay them flat and freeze them whole. It's the best. It's the best. And then you have them all year round. So berries, peaches that are halved, that are quartered, that are cut into smaller pieces. Corn corn cut off zucchini yes yes and you can freeze okay so i wanted to talk about stir fry freezer packs too because you can this gets into a little bit of prep work too but that's okay like if you're taking the time anyway so you can store you know just your summer corn your summer zucchini just to have on hand for later and you don't know how you're going to use it but you can also do little like mixes and then have them ready to go to throw into a stir fry really easily. It'll save you down the line instead of having to go in and like open the zucchini and break out some and then open the corn and break out some. That's a really great tip actually I hadn't thought of. Okay. So we're going to talk through corn and tomatoes now. Well, corn, it was just cutting it off the cob and freezing it. <laughs> I think that's something that people maybe don't often think about. 
So that was all, I, and we kind of covered it. Do you have another? How do you freeze? Corn? Well, we talked about pickle, like pickling, yes. it, which I also love. I'm like, can you make corn jam? Can you make creamed corn and freeze it? Like, I think there's something here that we're saying without saying it, which is sometimes preserving is just like cooking the food, the fresh produce that you have so that you can eat it like in three or four days instead of having to eat it tonight. Yeah, that comes up for me a lot with tomatoes. Does it? Yeah, because I do like like freezing whole tomatoes, but I actually don't do that so often. Me what either. I'm more likely to do is make a very simple tomato sauce or cook it down or throw them in the slow cooker and make something like a tomato paste or ketchup, slow cooker mm -hmm. ketchup you can make. So with tomatoes, I'm often cooking it so that it has some basic form that I can use in my cooking down the line. Yes. So that's it. That's it. That's the thesis of this whole episode. That's it. Like, but I do, <laughs> I'm going to add to tomatoes too, because okay. I do think that there's also oven drying them or slow roasting them. Yes. Right. And then you can freeze that or you can store in olive oil, like just cover them in olive oil. And that's great. Those are so good. So good. So good. And it's really different than just like enjoying a summer tomato. But to have a summer slow roasted olive oil soaked tomato in your fridge for fall when it starts to get chilly, you can just dice it and throw it into a salad or with a pasta is so good. It feels like Spread such on a toast. treat. Yes. Love it. Tomato jam. We talked about jam a lot. You can just do crushed tomatoes and then freeze those if you don't want to can it. And then you have, instead of buying tons of cans of crushed tomatoes, which I buy like throughout the year, all the, all the time, you can have your own peak season summer crushed tomatoes. Yeah, so that's it. That's it. Lots of ways to save the summer goodness that doesn't have to involve a whole canning process. Although... <laughs> We did encourage you to try canning if you have it. I know. Please come to the listeners community and tear into us if you're like, we really need, we want to know about canning. We're into yeah. it. Maybe you're having a little house on the prairie moment. <laughs> you're having a house on the prairie moment. So Laura Ingalls moment. The one thing I do want to say, since we're encouraging it and we're kind of encouraging it lightly, like try it once or do it once a year. It actually costs money to can because yeah. you have to invest in proper jars, tongs, so you don't hurt yourself, special like canning tongs. So, you know, I just want to put it out there that we're being flippant, but actually there are costs. So if, if that's like not in your budget or not how you want to spend your money, yeah, we totally get it. Yeah. You don't have to. Costs and then it's labor. And also there is a safety component to canning and preserving in that way where it's like if done improperly at best your food will go to waste at worst you'll make yourself and your family sick <laughs> and on that note <laughs> amazing make us out of here that's just you know what let's kick it to our community <laughs> at this point <laughs> I think we ran our course on this one we hope that you guys have joined us there if not join us for free at didnijustfeedyou.com backslash community or if you want those bonus episodes, if you want those recipes, join our supporting community. Follow us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. Keep in touch by signing up for our newsletter. Our regular lengthy episodes are coming back 
next week. So now's a great time to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you get your podcasts. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.